Welcome to Prost Radio, the podcast to ace your business. I'm your host, Peter Martin. Today we have Apprentice star Sabrina Stocker from My Tennis Events and shoppingslot.co.uk. Good morning, Sabrina. Do you want to say hi to the listeners and tell them about what you do? Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I think it will be a, a quite an exciting episode. For anyone who doesn't know, my name's Sabrina. I'm from London, 24, buzzing of loads of energy. A couple of years back, I was on the Apprentice show, so I was battling Lord Sugar in the boardroom. And since then, I've got a, the largest tennis events company in the UK, which is pretty cool and exciting. And just actually launched shoppingslot.co.uk. We've just hit about 2.5 million page views with half a million users. So it's uh, been a pretty interesting journey so far. That's a lot of users because you've only been, how long has Shopping Slot been going now? It's ridiculous, honestly. So I, um, I joined the other co-founder, Jason, on the 7th of April. Um, within one week of going to press, we hit 100,000 users. Um, and it's wow. now been probably about 30, 32 days, and we've just got over half a million users. That's so, crazy su- yeah. success, really. <laughs> like for an online platform. I mean, obviously, it's the right time for it. So that's probably helped massively. No wonder you had a server issue. Oh, my goodness. We once had, <laughs> there was one point on the website, we had 4,000 people just wanting to go onto the website. Wow. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a bit more detail, but we hit, we got big so quickly, everything crashed. We could oh. not deal. We had hundreds of thousands of people on our site. We couldn't deal with it. Uh, we hadn't set it to scale that quickly. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a very interesting journey so far. Wow. That is, that is Mental, but I suppose, did you have like some PR in the papers and things like I think I saw, saw your site in a newspaper. And from that, did you then get all that backlash? Yeah, so um, I've, I love a bit of marketing in VR. I contacted um, quite a few journalists and within a few days, we've made national and regional press. So oh. the amount of traffic we got was very quickly, very big. And all the newspapers picked it up so quickly and the po- this positive uh, message was so the message was so positive even the sun wrote something good and <laughs> if the sun write a good news story you know you're doing something right <laughs> well, that's it i mean there's so much bad news it's nice to get a bit of good news here about what because i think during this time it's brought out the best and the worst in people like some people have been really helpful and created amazing things like this and then obviously there's been some not great stuff um, so I think it's really good. For those people that don't know what sloppingslot.co.uk is, do you just want to say what it is? So, um, my tennis events company is a, a tournament-led company, so we put in tennis tournaments throughout London. Shoppingslot.co.uk, um, now if you're at home listening, you know how hard it is to get a, a shopping delivery slot. And before our product, you had to go onto the different websites, search multiple times on the different websites to try and get a shopping delivery slot. And rather than searching multiple websites, we brought it all into the one, same kind of concept as Skyscanner or Confuse.com. So you just put in your postcode once and you see what delivery slots are available in your area. That's, that's amazing, that. Uh, and it's what we said before as well, I mean, to get all these supermarkets working together on one platform um, is an achievement in itself, really, because obviously it's a very highly competitive market. Um, ridiculously so and they tend to be more in competition and don't really fancy working together so 
to get that. You've, you've mentioned things like The Apprentice, you've gone from tennis to a shopping delivery website. Um, you, you know, you've talked about sorry, business at 14. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey and how you've got to where you are today? Sure. So growing up, I was a massive geek at school, straight A star student. I was that girl who applied to Oxford and didn't get in. And um, I actually started my first business at 14 as part of the Young Enterprise Scheme. And I, I just loved it. I just loved the concept of being able to do something different, something new. I hated the idea of having my own boss and having to listen to authority. And I came back from the States after some traveling when I was um, 19 years old. And I thought, okay, I've come back. What am I going to do? And I started this tennis events company and it, it grew so quickly. And I realized that actually the skills and resources that I'd learned growing up, which is how to adapt, how to be resilient, how to problem solve, how to do something different and how to pick yourself up when something's not going right. These, these skills that I learned as a, a child and through my teenage years are what makes me, you know, a, a businesswoman now. That's really good that. So you've managed to learn them as a younger, just from selling sweets and things like that, and then managed to develop that into a, a bigger business. And, and just going back to the, the adventures, did, did that actually help your business grow? So just uh, appearing on that show, did the, the marketing and the visibility yeah, I mean, the, the tennis company, it helped grow. The, the issue we had actually with the tennis company is we'd grown before the show. So mm -hmm. I had about 400 events and I had three members of staff. And, and actually, I used the Apprentice platform as a recruitment process. And now we have 400 <laughs> events, but 42 members of staff. So, you know, it's, I use it as a recruitment process in order to get staff on board and obviously it helped massively with PR um, but I'd say actually The Apprentice didn't so much help the tennis business in itself but it helped me to realize actually if you've got these skill attributes that you can do anything you want and you can make money from anywhere that you are passionate about. That's true though, isn't it really it's like what you've done with the shopping site as well you've kind of seen a niche and gone let's run with it, let's go and do it. And sometimes that's all you need. And, and like you said before, you know, maybe not, I mean, obviously a very capable woman, but you said not very massively into technology and be able to just go, let's just run with it, see how, let's just make it happen and, and learn along the way. And I think that's a really good attitude in business because we can sit around, can't we, too much and try and plan everything and every detail and then never get off the sofa um, <laughs> and never works. And the next person who's running with the idea hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm never going to say, um, I am, I'm good at tech. I'm not good at tech. <laughs> Jason, he looks after that. I don't get involved in that. Uh, but what I am good at is, is being able to scale up a business. So he saw that in me, which is why we work together. And I think anyone who's listening about thinking of starting a business, wanting to scale a business, it's, it's completely a mindset game. Um, because the mindset, your mindset is going to determine how hard you work, how productive you are when you're working, how distracted you're going to be. So I think actually being successful in business is massively to do with your mindset and your resilience rather than coming up with a great idea. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I like the point you've, you've picked on there is finding people that complement each other. So being able to be really honest with yourself and say, you know, this is what I'm really good at. This is my strength this is probably where I could do with somebody else and just finding two people that are able to gel and complement those skills and 
an experience really and yeah, that's probably like if you're going into business yourself you're going to be wearing multiple hats but if you have co-founders for example you know tech is one of the biggest um, industries that you need a co-founder because there's usually somebody who knows all the tech side of things but they're rubbish at the business side and, and hence versa so I think it definitely depends on what industry you are in but as you grow you have to find what your weaknesses are and you have to get somebody who compliments you because otherwise you'll just end up clashing and it won't be fun otherwise no it's not I'm your typical nerd I love playing around with computers and software people interaction yeah I, I like to leave that to other people <laughs> to do uh, difficult so you, you've obviously got into this new niche um, that you've come into, this, this shopping slot.co.uk. Do you want to kind of talk about a challenge that you may have faced in doing that? Yeah, I mean, we started a business during COVID-19 and we had to be so careful in all of our wording. Every single word when I got onto that website, I had to analyse and change to make sure that it gave across the right messaging. Um, I had advice to give 10% of all of our profits to the NHS. I decided to give 20% because I thought I would be doing something different. So, you know, the challenge for us was starting a, bi a business that ultimately we needed money to come in um, because we just wouldn't be able to fund the platform. We've got you know, no backing. We initially used our savings. So being able to word that in a way that helps people out but also if they go onto our website and they can't get a delivery slot it's not our fault it's the supermarket's fault because they haven't got enough delivery slots uh, yeah. so it was all about marketing and pr and making sure that we put our messaging across to show that we were trying to do good that we were doing our best and a lot of the time customers were expecting this five-star service and i'm like we've been up for seven days please do not tell me you <laughs> You were annoyed because I haven't responded to your email two hours ago. So it was, you know, it was a massive PR and marketing thing. However, we got it right and we, we have come across well in, in the press. And I think that was the biggest challenge we had to overcome there. Did people actually blame you then because you couldn't get, a, as a third party site, they blamed you that they couldn't get a slot? They did. However, it was, it was because they didn't understand the concept of the site. Right. So okay. you know, if somebody needs food on the table and they're isolating, then that frustration sometimes does come on to us. But it's about us understanding that we need, we're not taking it personally. They just want to get a delivery slot. So it's about communicating what we could and what we couldn't do on our website. Yeah. You can control kind of giving people information, but not putting more vans on the road or more food on the shelves, basically. Um, so... How did you manage to come over, overcome that challenge? Has there been any software that's kind of helped you overcome challenges? There has actually. Um, so we've actually just partnered with another company called Shift. And okay. Shift move uh, anything from anywhere. So usually about home furnishing. And they're, you know, they've got all of these shifters who are usually doing this movement, um, currently not being able to get the work. So we thought, actually, let's turn that into extra shopping slots. So rather than the removal man bringing your furniture from A to B, they go pick up your shopping from Sainsbury's and bring it home to you. That's so really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And we have um, a really good deal when you go through our website, you're able to see all of the shift slots. Um, they have like a, a one pound first week when they come through our website. So being able to partner with somebody who's, who solves a problem as well, together, you know, we're able to help a lot of people. I found that a lot of 
some taxi firms have done something very similar, haven't they? Where they've sort of gone, well, okay, we can't move people, but let's go and pick up some shopping people. Our local taxi firm actually invented a whole new app and partnered with loads of small restaurants and convenience stores and all the rest of it. We've yeah, been doing deliveries that, like that. That's a great idea. Ultimately, you know, we're in a bad, I'm a positive person, but I'm a realistic person. And I want to make the best out of a bad situation. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, the world's amazing. Like, it's not. We're going through a shit time. But what can we do in our business, in our personal life, in our relationship life to be able to adapt to what's happening with us? So, you know, anyone who is is doing that in a socially responsible and a positive way, they should be encouraged 100% to do that. I like how you said that because it is important isn't it, for our well-being our business to just really keep positive it's quite easy to score because I told you about my other business that was completely shut down it'd be quite easy to just go no that's it reserve myself sit on the sofa get all depressed but actually to keep a positive mindset I mean how do you manage to keep such a positive mindset I mean you come across you've got lots of energy you're smiling you're very positive how, how do you keep that going um, so there's this kind of concept I, I learned quite a while ago, which was the Stockdale pa- uh, paradox. And um, it was a, a guy who basically was in the Vietnamese war and he was put into a concentration camp. And he basically said that he was like, he was realistic that he wasn't going to get out anytime soon, but he was going to get out eventually. Um, and he said, actually, the people who suffered worse mentally health-wise were those who were saying, we're going to get out by Easter, and then they were disappointed. We're going to get out by Christmas, and they were disappointed, etc." So being able to learn how to adapt to the situation that you're in, but also to be realistic about what's happening around you. And that's completely to do with perception. So I think wh- whatever is happening, deal with it. That's That's what it is. What can I do next? Rather than being too positive about the situation it'd be more realistic i like what you said there what can i do next so others going oh all this stuff's happening to me can't can't do anything about it it's well actually what is in my control what goal can i set and what can i do to get to that i think that's quite a a good question to be asking yourself all the time particularly when things are bad yeah no 100 percent. like you have you have not you haven't got control over what happens around you but you have got control over how you adapt to that situation. So I think that's kind of a, a mindset battle that you need to have you know, with yourself. I want to pick up on another word that you've said, and that was socially responsible. So that means a lot of things to, to different people. What does that mean for you? So when you've got a socially responsible business, uh, what does that mean and how does that play out in kind of your business? Sure. So for taking shopping slot, for example, um, Okay, I'm 24 years old, I'm fit, I'm well, I can go to the supermarket down my street, okay, um, it, it's, not, it's not big for me. So I can go onto the shopping slot website because I'm probably more tech savvy than 60-year-old Maureen down the road who needs it more than I do and she can't get it out but she doesn't know how to use the internet as well as I do. So for me as a, a consumer and also the co-founder, I've made a really big point of I haven't ordered my shopping online because I don't need it, um, and, you know, unless I was self-isolating, for example. But I have been able to order it from my nan, or um, I'm trying to teach others that that is that social responsibility, because yes, it's easier if I got my shopping delivered to my house, but I don't personally need it over the next person. Um, so I think it's really key when you're having these home delivery messages 
that you're you're reaching the right people and the right people who need it the most are those who are the customers of the website. I think it gives you a lot of integrity as well, particularly with that 20% that you said you're donating because people, you, you know, people can't go, oh, you're profiteering off something that's bad. It's actually you're helping people at one end of the scale who need the shopping and then you're also helping people at the other end with so your donation that must have been a really hard challenge the fact that your platform was for, obviously for the most vulnerable in society a lot of them elderly who've been told they need to shield indoors but then have the challenge of maybe not being tax savvy maybe struggle with you using a, a computer the basic skills of a computer how did you face that on to try and get your platform into the hands of those that most needed it but maybe didn't even have the right devices to do that Sure. I mean, if they if they didn't have the right devices, and they probably wouldn't be online shopping in the first place. Um, but I think there is more education to, to still be had. The way that we've done it is we made the interface really, really simple. Like anyone should be able to log online. <laughs> and I still get sometimes um, my customer service lady messages me saying somebody's asking how to use the website. And I'm just like, step one log on to the website <laughs> type in your postcode so one was actually making the interface really easy and simple and um, the second thing is we found a massive number actually of young people buying for their family um so it's i think people are taking that social responsibility themselves and if their nan for example my nan wasn't able to go shopping and she still isn't but i'm able to log online and, and get her shop for her so i feel like it's definitely more of a community effort here as well Definitely. And that's quite good. It's quite good how communities have actually pulled themselves together and, and are doing that. Once you've signed up to an account on your website, do you then still have to make an account with the grocer? Um, yes, you do. You do. Yeah, you do. Because we, otherwise we'd have to have um, access to their details. Yeah. And it's just a little, little bit easier if they do that themselves. Okay. Um, so what would be your top tip for entrepreneurs who, you know, they might be probably people at home on the sofa at the moment. Um, maybe starting to think about a business while they've got some time on their hand. What would be your top tip for those people that do want to start a business from their sofa? Sure. I think that the biggest thing is why do you want to start a business? And is that something that you want immediate cash? Like you just desperately need some money now, or is it something that you have been thinking about for a long time and now is it a good opportunity? Because if you want immediate cash, starting an online business isn't for you or starting any business isn't for you because it takes a lot of freaking hard work and you're going to be working <laughs> more hours on your startup than you would for your boss. And if you get it, if you fuck it up, which I've done a few times, you're going to be working you and your bosses potential hours and what that should have been. Um, so I think my biggest piece of advice is number one, figure out exactly why you're doing it and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. And the second is to, to just get on with it. Just do it. You know, a business should, you try and um, read the lean startup. I think it's the e-myth. Um, I can't remember the author's name. Um, the lean startup, the e-myth, they're really good books that talk about, you know, how you can get cash flow into your business before you've got any outgoings. Like the reason why my tennis company will survive through all of this is all of my outgoings, apart from a few staff, um, happen after I have income. So it, it keeps the business super super lean i think that's really important and the second best biggest holdback i always hear is, is i haven't got any money or i haven't got an investor i need a startup loan you don't need money to start a business if you need money to start your marketing 
Facebook's free, Instagram's free, <laughs> TikTok's free. So it's about finding those limiting beliefs that are stopping you move to the next step, getting rid of those limiting beliefs once you've identified them, and then just getting on with it. I think you picked up on about a couple of points there, actually. First off is desperation. Like a lot of people maybe have started a business because they need instant cash. But I think there's a saying, isn't there, overnight success that took 10 years? Because we never see what the people have to do behind that. So to us, it looks like, wow, that person's really successful. That's overnight success. Look at all what they've got. But actually, behind the scenes, it's probably taken them a lot of hard work and five to 10 years to actually get that overnight yeah. Success. I mean, um, when people talk about overnight success, and I'll pick up on you, you got other point as well. I think if people want to start a business now, have they started a business or have they created themselves a temporary income? Because there was a, a newspaper article about a lady who was um, picking up the groceries from the shop and then delivering it and, and earning some money, right? That's, that's not a business though, is it? It's just her working herself a job. And if she needs that income and if she's giving value to the community, then that's absolutely fine. I, I don't see any issue with that. Um, whereas if you want to start a business, like, okay, yes, I got a shopping slot to where it is within four weeks. However, I've been, I've been doing what I do, marketing, PR, finances, outreach, relationship growing for you know six, seven years prior to doing that. It's not just something that I switched on overnight. It's because I had all the contacts in the industry prior that I was able to accelerate it very quickly. So I think number one, if you're creating, if you need income now, then find a way to get income. It doesn't matter if it's not a sustainable business. It's going to get you from zero to somewhere. Um, but the second is, if you do want to start a genuine business, then it's going to be a freaking hard work. It's not easy. It's not fun a lot of the time. Yes, it will pay off, but you'll find you're never satisfied. Um, but it's, it's a journey to have. And I would say anyone who's thinking about it to try it because the worst thing is they're going to lose a few hours of the day. I think the first thing you need to invest in when you start a business is a, a foam padding for the wall for when you're probably <laughs> headbanging it um, all the time. Because um, it all looks glamorous when you see these really successful people, but you are right. Like to try and do it is, in your words, hard freaking work. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm saying that, yeah. yes, it is hard work. But then if you want to be different, if you want to go, the, if you want to be more than what you currently are, then it's going to have to be hard work because you're doing yeah. something different. If you want to be more successful than the person next to you, then what are you doing to make you more successful than the person next to you? Because if you're on the same level, you're never going to accelerate. That's true. And I think it's good to kind of find what your passion is or the, the, the reason has to be more than money. Going back to what you said before, if you're just desperate for money, it's not going to work. Like you started shopping slot and the idea was probably not to make money, even though you need to make money to make it function. But you've seen a niche and gone, yeah, I could really help people here. Why not do that? And in and, and tennis, I'm assuming was a passion of yours before you started a tennis business. And yeah, I, I, mean, think... I didn't even mean to start a business. I did not mean to. I just wanted <laughs> my, kids, my tennis player kids to start competing on the weekend and nobody oh. else was offering a service that I, I wanted them to compete in. So I did it myself. I, I didn't do it thinking, oh, I can make loads of money from this. I did it because I saw the need and I just got on with it. Um, and now you're the largest tennis company in the UK. Yeah. 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 Nobody else is doing it. I'm going to do it. And now I've got a big company. That's, that's a good way to start a business, I think, kind of. Just, okay, nobody else is doing it. This is something I want. Let's give it a go. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it happens. it's really tricky because, like, for example, loads of people are doing what I was doing already. Loads of people have tennis events companies, but they weren't specific to kids. Um, and it, it was something different. And I think if you're going to create something, it's very, very hard and rare now to come up with a new idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shopping slot is a new idea. This is a bad example. But most businesses aren't new ideas. So you just have to think of how are you going to make this better than your competitor. And when you say that you want to be passionate about a business, it's because you're going to be spending a lot of time on it. That's the biggest reason. That's what that means. Uh, that's quite, I like that point that you've made there because it's never about really the idea, but how you execute it. Like if I go to a networking event, the amount of the software and website developer company development companies that are there is ridiculous there's always about nine or ten of us there that are doing something with websites or or software but we will all be different the way that we execute that the way that we plan it or the type of development that we do and nobody ever really does the same thing so even though the service might all look the same that your execution is always completely different and it's people do business with people so yeah. you might have the same idea with as other people but actually it's all about you as well like i don't know whether you've experienced that as well no 100 percent. like one thing that i have learned is that if someone says they're a software engineer that could mean a hundred different things that is is one thing i've learned over the last two weeks people sometimes don't realize the difference between like a web designer and a web developer like one writes code and one makes things look pretty yeah, I'm a little bit staticky uh, on on the mic, so I don't know if that's my laptop, whether that's you. Ah, uh, really sorry about that. Um, okay. I'll pull it away from my mouth a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. But also, I think collaboration is quite important. Like, not everybody has to be a competitor. Like, sometimes the best way to scale is actually collaborate with some of your competitors as well. Exactly. Um, like, for, I mean, for my tennis company. Um, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to work with anyone. I just, I just, no. but that's also because I was working alongside the LTA who are the governing board of tennis and they were giving me a lot of support and I wouldn't be where I am now without certain team members there. Um, but you know, I, I just kind of got on with it in my own thing because I wanted to do something different. Whereas with shopping slot, we've got an immediate need. People can't get food on their table. We've scaled very quickly. A partnership, uh, was perfect. So, I know you said you're not very uh, into technology, but do you have a favorite piece of software or tool and, and why? Sure. So, I um, I swear by monday.com. Um, I do a lot of processing, a lot of systemization on there. And it just allows me, like, I have about four businesses going on in the background that I'm working on. So, it's, it's a freaking nightmare to project manage that, right? So, it's, it's yeah. a great little tool. Um, it's easy. It's fun to set up. So, I'd say... If you have any kind of um, systems and processes in place, check out monday.com or Process Street. I quite like how it's visually appealing as well. Like some software, like Excel spreadsheets and things like that, it's just reams of data. And some software basically follows that really boring sort of format. But monday.com is quite visually appealing to you. just kind of drag and drop things. And it's so much satisfaction turning it from like orange to green because the green (laughs) is so pretty. Do you like green? Is that your favourite colour, green? No, not at all. I'd say, but, I don't even have a favourite colour. Probably like like baby blue, or like baby a cute, blue. like pink, but blue. Uh, typical blog, we don't see all the different shades, completely colour blind as well. <laughs> oh, 
www.moonday.com in that way. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's really appreciated. Um, before you go, how can people connect with you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been lovely speaking, actually. So my um, Instagram is Sabrina Stocker. Uh, same with LinkedIn, same with Twitter, um, same with my website, sabrinastocker.com. So if you want to connect, please do free. Um, please feel free to. I've got a um, free mentorship program that I'm also starting, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. um, people will be able to do that via my website. Um, I, I kind of uh, pitched it on my Instagram a few days ago, thinking I'd get like three or four people. And I've had over 100 people there. Wow. <laughs> so now I have to remake the platform so it can deal with the bigger numbers. Um, but it's basically a, a kind of space for entrepreneurs or, or people who want to start a business to bounce ideas off and create a really positive uh, mindset community in there. And people can get one-to-one -one with you as well through consultancy on your website as well. Is that they right? Can. They can. I haven't been doing so many just because I've, I've, <laughs> I've been so busy. Yeah. Um, but I do do one-to-one -one coaching and, and consultancy for SMEs. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Remember, listeners, to check out the Enterprise Pros community and LinkedIn group. Go and start your business.